Hey, legends, you know, none of our interviews or episodes ever date, ever. They are all timeless and ready for you for when you're ready to listen. Download the lot and rip in. This episode is brought to you by our wonderful sponsors, Galaxy Finance. Sponsors and personal friends that I trust, that I trust enough to go to with questions about my own finances. That's not a sales pitch, that's fact. Any questions, any queries, they have the solutions from home loan lending to complete financial planning. With official interest rates at an all-time low, the lenders want your business. With Galaxy Finance, they'll do all the work for you and find the best possible deal. They'll do it all. Get in contact, ask for Leanne, and mention Unfiltered for a free chat. A free chat. No obligations, a free chat just by mentioning Unfiltered. Galaxyfinance.com.au is where you can find them. The great ones, they're different. They really are. Not better, just different. Sure, there's a physical power, a mental strength, a complex but resolute constitution too. There's a whole lot more than just the measurables. That's something else, that intangible. It separates us from them. Welcome to the Legend Series on Andy Raymond Unfiltered. When you're talking who's the toughest, this guy, he's always in the conversation. No frills, no headlines but a whole lot of confidence knowing he's standing next to you. But who is David Cement Gillespie? Oh, mate, me, I, I come from a small country town of 3,500 people, mate. Do you know what I mean? My dad, my dad was a truckie. My mum done the, in your younger days, you know, done the baker run, done, uh, worked in the hospital. So pretty humble, you know. Um, background and my dad played footy. Um, I kind of followed him, you know, when I was young. I, I was only thinking the other day, I, I my first year in the under eights, I was five, so I had five years in the under eights. <laughs> <laughs> three years, sorry. Three years in the under eights. Um, so it's kind of in the blood, mate, you know. And my dad had a bit to do with the footy out in, in the group, in Western Division or Group 11. You know, he played for Group 11. Um, he played for Western Division. Um, he didn't come down to Sydney to, to play, but he, he got that far um, in the representative arena back then in the in the sixties and the seventies, and um, and he and he coached coached out there. So end up was end up going on and doing a bit of administrative stuff with the group. So it was kind of in the blood, um, yeah. And I, I um, you know, I, I like going back there. I, I try and get back there as much as I can, yeah. you know, because they they're not getting any younger. They're getting older, and when I have some time off, I get back there, mate. But that—that's the story. I—I I grew up, you know, in a small country town. Um, was brought up on on rugby league, and you know, was, I've been, as I said, been playing it since I've been more or less been five years old. So, um, you know, it's it's in the blood, and um, it's come from pretty humble background, you know. Do you remember much of Dad playing, or too young? I'd imagine he would have been a tough old bugger. Yeah, he's a second row of prop dad. I do remember um, he comes from a small country town called Trangy, which is just about 40 k's the other side of Narromine. Um, uh, 
And I remember being the ball boy for him. He was Captain Cage because that's where he come from. That's where he's, he, he lives in there. But he actually come from Trangie. So they got him back to Captain Cage a couple of years at the end of his career. And I do remember running down the, the sideline at Trangie, um, uh, being a ball boy for him. But I don't remember too much of his playing career. I do remember, you know, the last couple of years yeah. of it when he when he was kind of finishing. But um, as I said, mate, he, he he represented out there. He played for Group Eleven. I think he played for Western Division. They played one of the Pommy sides, touring sides that come out in the seventies or the late sixties, seventies. And um, you know, they had a bit of success. I think they beat them, which was a pretty big thing, Western Division back then. So that's when it was pretty strong. You know, it was very strong competition. Even when I left out there in the early eighties. You know, it was a it was a pretty strong threshold on rugby league. A lot of a lot of players come from out that way. Who spotted you? Who found you out there and put you on Canterbury's radar? Do you know? Well, you know, unfortunately, uh, was the late Timmy Picker, um, who only went to his funeral a couple of weeks ago. Timmy passed away um, a couple of weeks ago, but um, Bullfrog at the time, um, uh, Timmy was doing a bit at the club. And he must he was doing a bit of scouting for, for the for Bullfrog for Peter Moore. And I think Bullfrog sent him, I was playing in New South Wales under 18s, we we're playing Queensland under 18s up at Lang Park, the old Lang Park. And Bullfrog sent him up to have a look at someone else. He didn't didn't tell me who it was later. And he so he's flown up to Brisbane to have a look at a, a player that um, Bullfrog got a, a, a tip on. And apparently he's come back and he said, No, no, don't worry about him, take this bloke, which was me. Right. And um and that's how it kind of started there. And, um, yeah, so it was Timmy Pickup went up there to have a look and, and spotted me and come back and give me the, um, the, the, the good word to the frog. And um, I, I had a couple of offers, but I had a couple of offers to come down before Canterbury. And, um, but I, I chose the dogs and it was a pretty good choice because they were, you know, in the early 80s there, or they were just starting to build a pretty good side. Who were the offers from, mate? Who could have you been playing for? Well, I had a pretty good offer from Wes, the Magpies and South um, back then, set the Rabbits, and I was a mad rabbit. I was a mad South Sydney supporter when I was young. So that was pretty tempting, you know, being a mad, bad rabbit when I was young and um, when I was a young, younger playing out in the bush. But, um, uh, yeah, and, and Wes, but um, I chose Canterbury. Um, a, a mate of my dad's was playing at Canterbury at the time, a bloke called Johnny Coveney. He was yeah. a front rower. He played in the 1980 grand final uh, for him. And he's, he's an Aramoyan boy. And um, I think Dad rang him and said, listen, um, the young fellow's got an off from Canterbury. Um, what do you reckon? Is he, he said, mate, get him down here as quick as he can. You know, it's a good club. They're going places. And, um, you know, if, if I was you, I'd be, this is the one I'd be going to. So that's how it all started. That links into my next question because you'd come down, you play reserve grade 83, most of 84. The Coveneys, etc. Who did you look at at the club for leadership, for guidance, for mentoring, and just a little bit of safety? Because, mate, you're a bush boy in the big city. Well, I'd only been to Sydney twice in my life before I come down to play, you know, or two or three times. So it was a bit, it was a big call, and um, I did get homesick. I didn't want to go home. I can tell you, yeah. I'd, uh, I'd ring the bullfrog a couple of times saying, mate, I don't think I can last down here. You know, being a country boy. Um, from a small, you know, and leaving all my mates and and so and so, but um, but Johnny was a big big factor in that. He yeah. took he, he was a mad trainer, Johnny Coveney. He was fit, and um, he kind of took me under his wing and and took me out training with him. Um, he he was a bit ahead of his time, Johnny. He was just a mad trainer. Was fit, 
um, loved it, was in the gym, you know, uh, all the time. And and I've got to say, um, you know, it's blokes like Jeff Robinson and um, not so much for training Robbo because he wasn't known for his training, <laughs> but he was just a good bloke, mate, and he, he was yeah. someone that I looked up to and he kind of took me under his wing a bit too. And then, you know, blokes like Steve Folks, you know, um, who was just the ultimate professional too. So in the early 80s, when I, when I did come up, I had a good grounding there. They were, they were um, knock-around blokes, tough, you know. Um, uh, you know, they'd tell you if you were starting to get a big bit of a big head too, you know. If you started to get a bit ahead of yourself, they'd still whack in the, in the line, and um, which was good too, you know. So it, it levelled you out a bit and, um, you know, it was just – I was glad that they were there, you know, when I when I first come down. I don't want to make you feel old. That's almost 40 years ago, mate. Um, it was a very different time in rugby league too. The, the group of men at the Bulldogs at that time, especially for a young forward, was awesome. They'd transitioned from a side known as the Entertainers into the Dogs of War. Tough men, tough attitudes. Who was the leader of that style in your eyes? Oh, there's a few leaders there. You know, Bullfrog and, and Warren Ryan started to build that side and they bought Peter Kelly mm. over from Newtown and Mark Bugden and Peter Tunks come over from South. So, you know, um, and Steve Folks was already there. Um, Brian Batiste, you know, very hard player, Brian. Yeah. Um, so they're building the foundations and then, then Langmack come on the scene as a 17, 18-year-old, you know, all eager and, and um, you know, a great workload, great yeah. work ethic, you know. So it was, you know, we trained up. We had a, we had a trainer there at the time called Dave Cooper and, um, you know, he might have been a bit ahead of his time too. But, um, you know, we were very fit and probably wasn't the most talented of, of sides. You know, you had your, your Parramatta's and Manly's and, you know, a very talented size. But, you know, that side there just just worked hard, trained hard, Um you know, and we we're lucky enough to come away with a, with a couple of competitions in the early '80s. But um, you know, that that was made on that work ethic. You know, that 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 was uh, built into that club. And um, you know, it was we had a couple of good years there. I haven't seen a tougher forward pack. Have you? Oh, there, there's been tougher, mate. I, at the end of the day, um, you know. We all go out there and, and um, you know, do the job. And, you know, back in the early 80s or the 70s, it was more probably a bit more brutal or in the 70s, yeah. you know, the late 70s, middle 70s, where they were just taking your head off left, right and centre. But, um, you know, all, all clubs had their their, their, um, their their tough players in that side. And, and when I say tough, you know, tough for me, you know, what wasn't taking someone's head off, you know, it was playing with injury and... yeah. You know, not with you know bad injuries, but playing with corks and mm. you know, and, and just getting the job done. You know, and um, it was an era where you know you, you try to get in and get them before they got you because it was only a matter of time before you got they got you. Yeah. So try and get in first. <laughs> you mentioned Warren Ryan; he was the coach of the Dogs of War throughout that period. As tactically as good as he was, he was also a really intense guy, focused and, I guess, brutal in his approach as his players, wasn't he? He was. He was pretty brutal in that side of things. He, he wasn't really a man manager. I don't think he'd last today, yeah. you know, coaching in the, in, the, in the environment today, Warren. But he was straight up front and, um, you know, he, he made a few enemies along the way, obviously, 
um, but his knowledge of the game was second to none. Um, you know, he, he was, you know, invented all that three on, well, not invented it, but had a big, you know, in the three on twos yeah. and sitting behind the goalposts watching the game instead of the grandstand, seeing whether, you know, it was like a game of chess to Warren, um, you know, working out, you know, strategies and things like that. But he was also pretty brutal. He loved, he was big on the defensive side of the game, which mm. doesn't exist today to a certain extent. Yeah. Um, you know, that, that style of defence, which is, you know, it's the way it is. That's the way the game's played today. But um, we, we won a few com- comps there, but, um, you know, they were pretty close games, some of them. Yep. We, I think we, we beat St. George in 85-7-6, could have went either way. You know, there was an, a 4-2 score line. You know, no, you know, no one wants to see them. They're, they're, but they were contests. You know, oh, they could have yeah. went either way. And um, so, you know, we, we didn't flog a lot of sides by big margins, but we just, um, you know, our defence, you know, on the back of our defence, um, won us a lot of games. This episode is brought to you by our wonderful sponsors, Galaxy Finance. Sponsors and personal friends that I trust, that I trust enough to go to with questions about my own finances. That's not a sales pitch, that's fact. Any questions, any queries, they have the solutions from home loan lending to complete financial planning. With official interest rates at an all-time low, the lenders want your business. With Galaxy Finance, they'll do all the work for you and find the best possible deal. They'll do it all. Get in contact, ask for Leanne, and mention Unfiltered for a free chat. A free chat. No obligations. A free chat just by mentioning Unfiltered. Galaxyfinance.com.au is where you can find them. It's hard to accurately describe to younger fans the aura of this footy side, the Dogs of War. You guys have built such a reputation that I reckon you'd probably beaten most sides before kickoff. You you literally scared the shit out of them. Yeah, well, I don't know about scaring the shit out of them, but um, you know, we 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 had a that kind of an aura about us there for for a few years, and um, you know, but, but it was built on hard work again. Yep. You know, and and. Um, uh, you know, there were some good hitters in that side. Um, you know, Stevie Folks, um, you know, Kel. Uh, not so much Tungsy. We used to call Tungsy the king of flop. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, you know, Brian Batiste mm. could whack you. Langmack could whack you. And, um, you know, there was all them players in that side. And and, and you've got to realise in the day that they most of them sides had really, really top-line reserve-grade sides, you know. Yeah. So you're always on on the ball of, you know, if you didn't play well, there'd be someone coming up to take your spot because, you know, the, 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 the reserve-grade sides and the, the under-23s back in the day, um, or especially, well, now at Canterbury, you know, mm. were, were, were filled with talent and um, would come up and, you know, and, and, that, and that's another thing, you know, you're kept on your toes because... There was there was blokes snapping at your heels to get your spot, you know. You, so. You've mentioned Peter Kelly, Steve Folks a couple of times already. Now, two guys that represented their state, and folks, you go on to play for Australia. But two guys that probably all round don't get the recognition that they deserve as to how good they really were. Yeah, well, you know, I, I lived three or four doors down from Folksy back in the day in this in the same street, but he was just phenomenal, mate. For for his for his um, 
size, you know. He, he was a 5'8 when he came into grade. What you know, weight would have folksy been? What would his playing weight would have been? Matt, he would have played around 90 kilo. Jeez. You know, wouldn't have been much or even not even that. But when he come in, he was 70-odd kilo. He could nearly ride at Randwick, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but um, he put on weight and he trained and he got himself to that um, – where he wanted to be, where he could cause a bit of damage. You know, he, he his, his technique was um, pretty good where he'd, he'd kind of jump up a bit and get you, and but not around the melon, you know, around the chest. And there was obviously sometimes when they did come up a bit high, mm. as as they do sometimes. But, you know, when he when he, he left a couple couple uh, couple of dents there, um, oh, yeah. Oaksy, and, um, you know, and Kel, well, Kel was just a tough bugger, you know. He, mm. he kind of, um, in them, you know, two grand finals there, man of the match. So, you know, that says it all for him too. But, he, you know, he, he led by, by example too. You know, he wouldn't do, not, he wouldn't do the, nothing else that, um, you know, he, he wants you to follow. So, you know, that, they were good to play with, you know, mm. and um, uh, they were good days there. And then you had other blokes, you know, champion at the bit coming up, blokes like a bloke called David Boyd. Yes. You know, and and um, I think, you know, it was a good player back then. Um, Kyle White could hit mm. in, in the day. Uh, Kyle was playing at Canterbury and was a, was a, was a good um, tackler so, and a good hitter. So there was always, um, always blokes coming up there snapping at your heels. You'd physically assault opposition footy sides with your defence. What was it, mate? Was it, was it tackle technique? Was it, you know, being more physical than the opposition or just, a naturally hard bunch of men. I think it was a bit of everything that you said okay. just then. A lot of it was technique, mm. you know. A lot of it was was pride, you know, that we 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 got a bit of a reputation and we wanted to keep it. Yep. You know, a pride in your game and the way you play. Um, but a lot of it was technique, and Warren Ryan was big on technique. You know, we, you know, um, we used to do a lot, a lot of work. On, on defence and technique, getting your feet right. You know, I often say, listen, someone's running, you're not going to say, listen, stop, mate, till I get my feet right. You know, yeah. I've got to get plant my left foot, get my right foot up. You know, that, that don't happen. But that just comes with practice and practice and practice. And we've done a lot of practice um, back then, you know. and But some that did come naturally, some it didn't. Um, for me, it kind of come natural for me because, I, you know, I, I – um, you know, I was kind of that body, that shape and, and size. You know, I wasn't overly, you know, I wasn't six foot four, six foot five, five eleven. You know, playing around ninety five kilo, hundred kilo back then. It was a bit, bit bigger. You know, before <laughs> I retired. <laughs> but back in the eighties, there, you know, it was just just a good, you know, fast feet. Yeah, getting your feet, you know, into position properly. It, 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 it's not going to always um, come off. You know, but for me, you know. 60 or 70% of the time, it, it did, you know. And um, there was times when I did get, get sent off for high tackles. Um, they did go a bit awry. Um, and, um, but, you know, that was like the, well, the game was played then. But, but as you said, mate, it was, it was built on all them three things, you know, technique, um, pride in your game. We had a reputation. We wanted to keep it, you know. So um, if you come to Belmore or we come to wherever you're playing, we, you know, we wanted to make a game of it. Yeah, you knew you were going to wake up with bruises. You mentioned the 7-6 win over St George in the GF of 1985, a cracking game. And, and when discussing the great grand finals, 85 doesn't always get a look in, but it was a beauty. Is that the year you look back on most fondly? Um, yeah, well, it's, it's a great – well, 80, 
that 85, I, I kind of come on the scene and I played uh, most of the games leading to that, but got dropped for the grand final. Uh, the mate, uh, we played, yeah, we played St. George actually in the major semi-final. They, they touched us up. They beat us. They went straight into the grand final. Then we played Parramatta the next week and we touched them up and, and then met St. George again in the grand final. Um, but I come in, come on just in the second half and then I was come off the bench and, um, uh, it was it was just a slog, you know, but 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 a contest, and it went down to the wire. Um, you know, it could have went either way. At the end of the day, I think Slippery Morris uh, was denied denied a try or nearly scored towards the end. There, we kicked the field goal early in the second half or late in the first half. I can't remember now to give us that little one point buffer. But I think if you remember that game, is when they got bombed a lot. I think Burgess Glenn Burgess was fullback, and they changed the rules after that game. Um, because we were bombing them and, and getting them into the end goal and, you know, line dropouts and, and they changed the rules after that um, game. But um, as you said, it, it, was, it was a brutal contest, that, that game. It, it could have went either way, but uh, lucky enough for us, it went our way. And um, But then again, you know, we go, we go on about the blowouts today in today's game, you know, but give me a contest, give me a give me a – a 15-14 or a 16-12, then a 38 or 58 mil. Mate, 100%. Now, the nickname, Cement, where did it come from? Who did it come from? Because as far as footballing nicknames go, it's a beauty. You've been called a whole lot worse. I have been called a whole lot worse, but uh, <laughs> well, it's probably better than my nickname I had out growing up as a kid Pud. in mind because they yeah, put my old man was nicknamed Pud. So that's what I got too, Pud. But uh, but um, it comes from actually we we're doing a defensive set, couple of defensive sessions early on um, when we got got the camera and I was up tackling Jeff Robinson and um, I got him a couple of times in training you know just in in thing and he's looked around he said oh you cemented or something like that you know <laughs> and and that kind of stuck and then we're in the dressing room and he said oh cement over there got me today or something like that and it just kind of stuck like that you know and so jeff jeff robbo uh he's the one who actually started it and then <clears throat> you know that the media love a nickname don't they everyone yeah. loves a nickname i love a nickname you know and um so it kind of stuck and um but jeff robinson was the one who kind of uh, labeled that for me 86, you'd play 18 games, but then just before the finals, things changed for the worse. What happened, mate? Well, I was working and um, on the Garbos, and um, I, it was about 5 o'clock in the morning. Well, actually, it was a Monday morning, and we were playing St. George uh, on the Monday night. Was They used to play Monday night football back then, mm. believe it or not. And we were playing St. George on the Monday night. This is about half past 4 or 5 in the morning, and... Um, on the Garbos, and um, I'm in a cul-de-sac street, and um, I'm trying to get the, um, the the garbage truck. He was had the three-point turn to get out of the cul-de-sac. Anyway, he's back, back, and he was next to a telegraph pole, and I'm backing him back there. Yeah, come back, you're sweet, you're sweet. So he's at it on full lock. So when I've jumped up to grab the handle of the truck on the side of the truck on the back of the truck, he's taken off. The wheels have come down off the gutter. It swayed and, and it just swayed straight into the telegraph pole. I had my hand on the side of the truck, on the handle, and it hit the telegraph pole and it just took my finger off. And I can remember um, when I say took my finger off, I had gloves on and, I, and it just it didn't really hurt for the first minute or two. There was some blood 
running down my arm and um, I kind of went around. I went, hey, stop. And I went around. He ran down the window. I said, mate, just get me to hospital, um, closest hospital. So um, when we got up there, it was about five up past five in the morning and the, the sister or the nurse in there cut my glove off and my finger was still in the glove. Oh, no. <laughs> so I knew I was in trouble then. That's when it started to hurt. <laughs> That's when the pain come in. Oh. But um, I, I got it um, sewed back on, um, but it didn't knit. And um, so they end up amputating it, and um, which was a good thing, you know, it was going nowhere. But, you know, that year, um, 86, I, I missed the grand final. Um, it was the last comp, was the last comp game of the year, mm. and um, I remember Warren coming up um, that that afternoon. Um, a few of the boys players come up because I was obviously in hospital, and a few of the boys come up and visited, and Bullfrog come up and visited, and Warren and Warren said, "Do you think we can get you for the if we make the grand final, we'd be right." <laughs> it was four weeks away or five weeks away if we made it, and we did make it. Yeah. I said, I'll give it a shot. We'll see how we go. So uh, they micro-surgery surgery back on and stitched it up, And um, but I was never a chance of playing. I, I got uh, a week before the grand final. When we knew we were in it, you know, that week leading in, I said, mate, no chance. You know, I can't catch the ball. You know, it was too sore. So, um, yeah, So, but that was that that was it, mate. That, that's how that happened. So I missed the Kangaroo Tour Act too, actually, 1986. We, we won... The Origin Series for the first time 3-0, three, whitewashed and 3-0 in 86. So back in them days, if you make the grand final and you're in the Origin side and you win 3-0, you're nearly going to go on a kangaroo tour. Yeah. You know, because there was a kangaroo tour 86. So I missed that. I'm not saying I was going to get picked, but it would have been a fair chance of going on that, you know, if, uh, if that didn't happen. So, um, yeah, so it was a bit costly in, in that regards, but... It, it never really, um, you know, I went on and played another 10 years after that. So. We hope you're enjoying this edition of Andy Raymond Unfiltered. The Legends series drops at the start of your working week. It's in-depth, personal and highlights some of the game's finest from yesteryear. The weekly wodge drops in time for your weekend. It's full on and the hottest podcast on the market. Why listen to opinions when you can listen to interviews with the stars? And on every episode, you can hear up to a dozen different players and coaches, both past and present, giving their thoughts on the great game. It's fast-paced, full of footy and laughs. It's a must-listen. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast wherever you are listening. That way, you won't miss a thing. Every episode will drop immediately. Before you go, we'd love a five-star rating and review. It's not for ego, it's for business as we look to expand the unfiltered brand and bring you more. Make sure you come back soon, legends.